podcast that rocks weekly podcast that talks about news in the world of rock metal alternative and everything in between with a little bit extra unfortunately after the events of this past weekend my name is luke host of the youtube channel rocked if you're not familiar i also run here on switch on twitch not switch i'm not playing nintendo um now only streaming on twitch because the dual casting is a little bit of an issue now for twitch and how they have this Thank you everyone for tuning in live and thank you to everyone listening on the podcast forums. If you're watching this on YouTube as well, please feel free to leave comments. Let me know what you think. So it's hard to really break right into a bad, tragic topic like this that happened over the past week. It's last Friday, technically. We didn't get a news about it really till early Sunday evening or early Saturday morning, late Friday night. And it's hard to really start bumping up into everything like this. Hello to everyone in the chat, by the way. Thank you very much for participating in the chat and things like that. Um, so we'll go over the details right now. If you're not aware, Astroworld three-day festival that was helped run by Travis Scott, Texas native, Houston native, who has pumped in so much philanthropy and goodwill into his community, who was running, I don't remember how many years Astroworld's been going on, it was beyond chaos this past Friday. After so many people rushed and broke through security just to get in, people that didn't even have tickets, to the point where security couldn't stop them at both Live Nation, local law enforcement that were also helping manage this big event, people breaking in, and then after that, just staying there for the crowd to the point where when Travis Scott finally came up to headline the first night, People had such a bad crowd rush that there were waves of people falling over. People were getting trampled um, and completely engulfed by other bodies. As it stands right now, eight people are dead, some of which are teenagers and children. Hundreds, not just dozens, hundreds of people with serious injuries, well over 100 people sent to the hospitals in the Houston area that night. There's a lot to break down with this. Um, there have been a lot of videos already posted on this. I want to pull back the curtain a little bit. When I heard about this on Saturday morning and I was talking to Gretchen about it, talking to some other people, at first we saw a lot of finger pointing at, um, at Travis Scott. And then everyone was like, hey, you can't put this all in one person. You cannot say this is all his fault. That's ridiculous. You don't know the whole situation. And then more and more footage came and was exposed of what happened and how Travis Scott reacted to everything. It's bad. And the reason why the podcast titles Astroworld and the future of festivals, because I do feel what happened this past Friday in Houston is going to have an effect of some type on festivals in the future. That's not to say there's no more festivals. There's going to be a huge festival in Daytona this weekend for Welcome to Rockville. Boy, um, let's go through some of the things first. For everyone listening on the podcast, I'm going to do my best to um, describe what I'm playing for the live audience on the video and things like that for YouTube. Every news company and news site has been posting stuff like this, not even with the cell phone footage. There have been so much. So I am not going to show people getting wheeled out. I am not going to be showing actual injuries, hard no. You can look, for, if you're really that curious, you can look somewhere else. Come on now. Um... So let me see if I can post some of this. I have to mute it just because of YouTube and stuff like this, but news crews were already there to cover the event as they always do for big events in the area. That's going to happen. But at the same time, there's so much that happened. There was so much enforcement. And what you see right here 
how many people there were in the day. This was before things started filling up at night when it was jam-packed. There were reports of people feeling like they were drowning. They literally were suffocated to death with a crowd crush being so bad, forcibly pushed to the front and no one could escape. And I see people like someone just say, oof, that's a huge crowd in the chat. This isn't even all of it. Not even close. And man, oh man. So you have the daytime crowd. You have people right here. And this is where some I want to push into it. Earlier in the day, they were breaking, fans were breaking down security barriers and gates, just sprinting in with or without tickets. It was always planned. Security would try to detain like, 1% of everyone that ran in. But they had, they brought in more police and they still had an issue getting people in. And then security just said, well, let's just go in. We don't care. Just stay safe. That type of thing. Because when I say they were damaging stuff as they came in, I'm not going to say they were not knocking down the metal detector arches that went over them, knocking those down, knocking fences down. There were reports of people saying there was one interview online that said a festival goer that was there that was safe after it all saying that admitted they broke through said I wanted to get in that badly. And yeah. I don't know the exact numbers of how many people crushed but it's a lot. A whole lot. Boy. And okay, this is another one of some of the rush. Not the um the crushing but the actual rush inside. And you can see fences getting torn down, trampling each other just to get in. It's not a good look. And you see other fences getting knocked down as well. And someone just said in the chat too, people really wanted a live ass show after isolation, after however many years before actual festival in Houston, whatever that might be. People travel for this one too, from what I understand. Guys, ugh, this is, you're not even in the grounds yet. People are already getting hurt. It's not Good. And this is a bad situation for any festival and for Live Nation itself, too. And I'm not going to say, hey, Live Nation, this is all your fault. No, like, how are they supposed to predict that? It's not their fault. It's not Live Nation's fault they knocked down a chain link fence divider that had been standing for years that everyone else abided by. And then when security has that many people to handle and the horses that are probably freaked out. um, Yeah, that's a mess right there, too. Who knows what came in? Who knows what got snuck in? Who knows of a count of how many people actually crashed through? But there are a lot of people to blame on this side. <sighs> this is only the start, too. This is like the start of everything. By the way, um, there's so much other coverage. Been in my minute breakdown of Deadly Astro World concert. Astro World Festival timeline breaking down how Friday night unfolded. Astro World disaster. It, it just goes on and on. So. Other videos, and this is where we have to get to the Travis Scott performance. Hello to Concert Crap in the chat, by the way. Great Instagram account. If you're not if you're not following yet, Concert Crap. It's very very informational about concerts and venues around the country. Hoy. Travis Scott, during the performance where the massive crowd waves were trampling each other, people were suffocating to death, getting squashed, trampled, injured, suffocated. Travis Scott was finally starting to let people, let, finding out that things were going on. Here's the issue. Travis Scott, after several times, saw what was going on and stopped the show and made sure things were going on. 
And then after that, he just kept the show going. He knew that people were getting hurt because he saw the ambulance drive in. And that's bad. Hoy, he saw an actual ambulance drive in, and I don't have all the footage right here right now. It's all over on every other video, too. So when Travis Scott sees the blue and red lights flashing through a massive crowd and the ambulance is trying to, like, pull through and people are not separating, Travis Scott goes, what's going on over there? Two people came on stage to tell Travis Scott that people were hurt, injured, and, and I don't even know if it got to him yet that people were dying. Travis Scott said, all right, hands up in the air. Let's get this song next going to keep it going and completely ignore the situation. Along with that, there were fans that started climbing on top of the ambulance to dance. <sighs> if I'm correct, the show was stopped and started and stopped and started over again. After the ambulance came in, I, the show still went on for roughly 30 minutes. He knew people were getting hurt. He knew people were getting crushed and he kept it going. Repeatedly. There was report. There was teenagers dead. Kid there was one report said there was a ten year old dead. Uh, someone correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, wrong about that. Let me know. There were for sure teenagers in that crowd. Dropping your kids off to a festival for the day and never being able to pick them back up, because there were too many people, too wild and rowdy, and that brings us to the next problem. And this is where it gets rough too. Travis Scott has a bad history with his live shows of instigating the crowd, telling people to get rowdy, start mosh pits, get hurt, get wild, mess people up for quite a while. Travis Scott seen spitting on fans. Travis Scott trying to physically rile people up. <sighs> and that's not even including all the people that were hurt, like still severely hurt at the hospitals, urgent care, things like that. And someone just said in chat, there was a show, another show that happened in Arkansas where Travis Scott was uh, in legal trouble for trying to get fans to rush security and get on stage with him. And at that point, you can't fault security for that either. But going back to what we know, and Travis Scott has a serious issue now. He has a world of evidence that he had cultivated this culture at his live shows with a past history. And it all culminated in his hometown, in his home festival that he helped run and, like, just has a big part of. Thousands of people broke through security and added to the crowd crush. Everyone pushing forward. Travis Scott saw there was serious physical need for attention and kept it going. Now, there's a lot of questions still. Number one, the lawsuits as of this recording, 7.13 Central Standard Time, 8.13 Eastern, November 9th, there are already multiple lawsuits being filed against both Travis Scott and Live Nation, the venue, security staff, people that ran it. Live Nation's going to be in trouble for this too. And it's Live Nation, the company, is more than nationwide. Here's the thing. Live Nation down in Houston is going to be way different people and way different staff and organization then Live Nation in St. Louis, then Live Nation in Los Angeles and Chicago. People will be fired. And security, police, they, I can't fault them for not no, expecting that 
huge of a stark security rush and getting through for things like that, even if they were aware of Travis Scott. So now we have many, many people hurt, eight people at least dead. Travis Scott has volunteered and said he's going to be paying for all the funeral costs. He posted his own um, video answering stuff, what looks like at home, that either the day after or two days after, trying to explain everything. And let's go here. There we go. Again, he's talking about he did not know anyone was dead until after the show. That might be true. I, I'm Okay, let's benefit of the doubt. Let's give that 100% clarity. Let's say he is absolutely telling the truth on that. Here's the problem. He still knew massive amounts of people were being hurt. He saw it. He also saw an ambulance come in. He was told how many people got hurt there. So, I was talking with Gretchen, and I said this to her, and the video I posted back in May about when bands stop shows to save fans, Foo Fighters, Linkin Park, Breaking Benjamin, and tons of bands over the past few years, whether that's people fighting, people just getting hurt in general, whatever it is, there's such a good track record of many bands and musicians doing the right thing and stopping the show, and then continuing on. And they did not have a situation like this. They do not have a situation where the security was bum-rushed that bad, even at festivals, and they could not even keep, have enough security to even count for that much. By the way, there was not enough security from the starts, but that's a whole other argument. Oy. Travis Scott, um, not only did he handle it poorly, he was willfully neglectful. Also, uh, hello, Kate, in the chat. Travis also got a crowd to beat up a man who allegedly stole his shoe during some crowd surfing in Switzerland. Ugh. Again, Travis is an instigator for wild, violent, there's no other way to say it, wild, violent crowds. Instigating and making sure mosh pits form, things like that. And the apology video that he just filmed that I show you a little bit of, again, I'm not going to play the audio. You know what? Let me see if I can get it, because I want to play a little clip of it. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Let me see if I get it right. It is worth showing, because I don't want to misquote. It is worth it. Let's go here. All right. I'm going to try to get this loud. Hang tight, everybody. Here we go. Honestly, just devastated. and I could never imagine anything like this just happening. I just want to send out prayers to the, to the ones that was lost last night. My fans really mean the world to me, and... I always just really want to leave them with a positive experience. And any time I can make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I, you know, I just stop the show and, you know, help them get the help they need, you know. Um, I could just never imagine the severity of the situation. That's, again, giving benefit of the doubt. Say he that was 100% sincere and that's what he meant. We have video proof of him ignoring people when they need to address it. Ignoring staff and his own team addressing people getting hurt and crushed. They knew, Travis Scott knew that security was breached earlier in the day. That's not a secret, you know? There's no way he didn't know about that. There's no way that was not pumped into them. Like pumped into their headsets and things like that. Ugh.
So it goes on. Now, multiple lawsuits forming against Travis Scott and Live Nation. This interview of, or this, his own, not interview, his own posted out recording, reacting to it, saying he loves his fans. He wants to leave them with a positive show and wants to stop the shows if he ever gets hurt. Him instigating violence and not stopping shows repeatedly in the same night when he knew it was already a volatile situation. That's pretty bad. And now we get to the question that I ask with this. How does this affect festivals going forward? Security with pandemic and um, COVID protocol was already going to delay things. You better believe security in just Houston alone at the energy park and anywhere there. You better believe there's going to be way more security guards for big events like that. And it should be looked at for the big events. Think about Riot Fest, where they said Riot Fest, thankfully, was not a super spreader event, but security was not really checking it. If people would try to bum rush into Riot Fest in Chicago, that would have been chaotic as well. That's the first part of it. First, there's literally people by the thousands pushing through cops and security just running around. There's no way to count how many people got through at that point, and it's all going to add more to the crowd crowd crush. People died, got seriously injured. Second, Travis Scott knew that happened, and he went on with it anyway, and he tried to keep the show going. You can't say he's not at fault anymore. And in the beginning on Saturday morning, I was like, I was openly admitting, I was like, okay, I, you can't look at this and say, hey, that's not Travis Scott's fault. How is he supposed to know? You have all the details now. We have more than a track record of evidence proving against this. We have vivid footage from many sources at the show from like professionally shot footage as well, showing he was willfully neglectful when he was alerted about the situation. One of the ones that went viral was the woman climbing on stage trying to scream to the cameraman, there's a dead person, he's dead, stop the show. And the camera person not even doing anything. I don't even know if the camera person heard her. <sighs> I don't know. So, as we move on, hang tight, guys. I had to address something in chat. It's going to be rough, and it's not going to be great for the next little bit with festival life. I feel that we have a serious issue now with protocol. The festivals that they have planned for 2022 in the States are to bring back the crowds, kind of like Riot Fest did and did successfully. DWP is going to be bringing bringing back the big festivals like Sonic Temple and Welcome to Rockville in May. Coachella is supposed to happen. The light-up's still up in the air. Uh, Concert crap might be able to fill you out more with that. Bonnaroo. And then you have all around the world. People getting hurt at concerts is not a new thing. People getting crushed at concerts is not a new thing. I can't stress enough that no matter what the issue is, they're going to look at the people on stage looking out. And there's too much history, like in that video I made back in May, showing the bands know how to do it and stop the show. One of the better examples of this was um, Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field, 
sold out. The crowd was still on the diamonds, too, because they played on the stadium grounds. Eddie Vedder didn't have to shop a show when, like, some guy was being super aggressive to a couple. He did. He called him out. He got him out of there. Ugh. I don't know what to expect going forward for some of these festivals. There has to be protocol for one, security entry. And it sucks, but this is what has to happen. Just one bad festival can ruin it for other things going forward. You better believe there's going to be added security at events, especially in Houston. But just throughout getting into shows, making sure everyone's proper, no one tries to bull rush through things like that. Because then look what the effect is. Number two, Travis Scott has been removed from future festival performances as a headliner, from what I understand. He's already being removed because it's too controversial and they do not want to deal with that in the future. Yeah, can't blame him. When it's Astro World, when it's his own home ground, when it's something he's helping run, yeah, I get why he's there. And people are totally there to see him, let's be honest. With my business hat on, that's beyond a liability to have him on your headlining set. It's... Not the best. Let me give a comparison. Not, let me give a non-violent, non-lethal, non-fatal comparison. A few years back, around 2016, 2017, when Ivan Moody of Five Figure Death Punch was in bad shape. He was either yelling at his band, saying he's gonna, they were going to break up that night. He was getting drunk on stage. He was drunk on stage, saying that his mother was dying, even though she wasn't. He was just trying to get some weird attention. After 2017 or so, you saw Five Figure Death Punch stop being as much on the festivals. They took a little break 2019 and like 2018, 2019, obviously 2020, but they weren't even announced for 2020 lineups. He got his act together and then he started, he's probably will, they probably will be back. But the reason I bring this up, for festivals, you see a name like that, you don't know what kind of show it's going to be produced. You don't know how unsafe or how problematic it's going to be. You don't want that being advertised at your show. Now add dead children to that with Travis Scott. He, this will chase him forever. His career will never, his career will never, ever, ever get past this, I don't think. Will he continue to perform live? Probably. He'll probably come back and make live performances again someday. And don't get me wrong, he has pumped a lot of money into Houston trying to build the city back up. A lot. Paying for the funeral costs is mere pittance for what he's going to have to do to get back in any type of, any type of good standing. And I don't think it can be done. Not with his history of having terrible, violent crowds that he instigated. Not with the history now and video evidence of him continuing to shit the show repeatedly after he knew people were seriously hurt. And if they can somehow prove... With that, whatever time, like timed footage, sticking up different footage reports from professional footage, on site footage, like if they had their own videographer, and fan footage with cell phones, that he was a, like people had already died and he was still continuing the show after he saw the ambulance. He's beyond liable at that point. There's no nice way to say it. And this is coming from someone who has been indifferent to Travis Scott, you know? It doesn't matter if you like the person or not as a musician. It doesn't. I don't like starting podcasts off with big stuff like this, but there's no other way we could talk about anything like this. And while concerts are one thing for built venues, this was a, like the big park, a big festival. I mean, this one was massive. Planned for a three-day festival 
they canceled the follow two days. They just said, everyone, no, go home. And rightfully so. There is massive investigations ongoing. Um, probably to look at all that footage to see, one, how bad the security was. Two, there's rumors and statements about someone actually, like, either drugging or injecting people in the crowd. That I don't know about. I don't want to comment on that one because I don't know if there's any confirmation for that yet. So I'm leaving that as it is. I'm only trying to report what we know that we have video evidence of, that we have firsthand reports of, things like that. I can't imagine, like I made that line before, imagine dropping your teenager off to go to a festival on a Friday and never being able to pick them back up. I don't know. It makes you think, um, is it going to be a situation now where security is going to have to be much more severe and secure for big festivals like this? And I think it should. When they, in a lot of DWP festivals and other things where they have the barrier or like a division to set up, separate the big massive crowd like Travis Scott did not have, where it's a big center line for uh, soundboard to see through and security to get through. That helps break the tension massively for crowds. And if there is an issue, it's a lot easier to get people over the guardrail. A lot. All the way down, too. So, when stuff like that happens, it's easier to get people lifted. Something like this, there's just thousands upon thousands of people. <sighs> yeah. It hurts. A good example of how to handle this well when you see a crowd getting way too crushed. When Gretchen and I saw Shinedown back in September, big crowd. End of, end of one of the days of a festival. Tens of thousands of people. Brent Smith got on the mic halfway through the set, goes, everyone, while the bass was still going, there was a drum beat. Everyone, need you to do something for me. Everyone standing right now, take five steps back. And he actually stepped back himself too. And he told us, everybody do it. Everyone right now, five steps back. Everyone did it. Were they baby steps? Were they big steps? That's dependent on each person in the crowd. Then he goes, thank you. That'll give you a little breathing room. Make sure everyone's safe. Make sure everyone has a good time and no one gets hurt. This took less than 30 seconds between songs. And they still had the beat going. And he knew how to handle it like that. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to say. It's It could get to the point where it's class action if enough people band together because you have hundreds of hospital bills along with the eight people dead. And you have video evidence of all this happening. Ugh. I don't know. We'll have to find out. It's not over yet. It's only Tuesday. It's been days now, but now with Travis Scott's uh, own posted apology, I don't think that's nearly as good of an idea as he thought it was to post that that way. And I'm sure his head's in a mess too. But there's going to be serious repercussions all over. So... Fun podcast so far, right? Again, I do not like always starting off the podcast with the heavy and the serious stuff, but it does have to be addressed. We're going to find out how this goes for festivals. Welcome to Rockville. It's in Florida this weekend. I was invited to go. However, I'm just not able to. 
Um, as much as I love and how DWP's treated me, I'm not able to make it this year. Be the first welcome to Rock the Life Miss since 2013. I am planning on going in 2021, though, as long as it'll have me. And so hopefully that works out. I am very curious to see from people I do know that are going or working um, that will be there to see how things run backstage and just the crowd and stuff like that in Daytona. I don't expect any issues. So we'll find out. Moving on, because there are other things to talk about that I do want to address. We'll talk about a couple things positively right now. We talked about Rockville to Rockville as well. What's cool is this, if you're on Twitch right now watching with us live, you can follow DWP, DWP Presents, and you'll get to see the live stream of many different performances at Rockville. First time they're doing it, they're actually showing the live ever, first ever live stream festival. Check that out. I think that's awesome. I can't recommend that enough. Headlined by Slipknot, Metallica, Rob Zombie, Disturbed, many, many other great bands. Yes, I am jealous that I can't go, but I just know I can't. So it's just personal life and other reasons as well, like for the media, like just for working and stuff. So it's just, there's no way it could work out. I'm also editing Regretting the Past right now. So while I could be getting ready for Rockville, I'm editing a Kid Rock video. Please keep in mind, keep me in your mind when I have to suffer through all this, how much I love all of you. Oi. Welcome to Rockville on DWP Twitch. Please check that out. I know I will. I'll probably have that up while I'm doing other stuff. So moving on, some nice little news. I already talked, I do want to plug this right now uh, since we did mention Brent Smith and he did a great job when I saw that and handled it. A great leader and keeping eyes out on the crowd. Brent Smith confirms new Shinedown album will be out in early 2022. Recording and mixing looks to be all done. It's going to be all set. Album number seven. I'm interested. I know my fiance is over the moon probably with that news. So we'll find out that it should be early 2022. I always have to get the year right. This is the first one since Attention, Attention. That was 2018. It's been a while. And they said they've been working on stuff. Uh, Brent and Zach had done their Smith and Myers stuff as well. But next new Shinedown album coming early 2022. So I think that's cool. New should have the new record then. I think that's exciting. Along with that, some news got pronounced today. Killswitch Engage announced their, uh, re-announced their tour with August Burns Red and Light the Torch for 2022 in the United States. They will also be going overseas later in the year as well. More information will be posted on the website tomorrow for GetRock.net. So that's very cool. Killswitch Engage, always a fun show. Always, always, always. Go see that show. Especially when they have Light the Torch as the first band opening. So you know there could be some work together there. They got Howard there on the road already. Probably might see something special on stage when Killswitch takes the stage. So think about that. Fun stuff for that too. An article I thought was interesting, and I want to get the right quote for this too. Sean Morgan of Seether. And you guys know I'm indifferent to Seether. Don't love him, don't hate him. Just how it is. He had the best quote on today's social media. He is very anti-social media and how bad it's gotten. And he calls it disgusting. And he's saying this now out of personal experience and just what he sees because number one bands and artists are being preyed upon by promoters social media promoters and things like that and it's more about just sharing your stuff than the actual quality of content and things like that there's a lot of people it's another shady side of the music business now through social media which is unfortunate to get the quotes let me do this this was an interview with loudwire nights 
I just had a massive traumatic experience with my 19-year-old daughter. She's the perfect case study for somebody who grew up for the past five or six years on Instagram, Facebook, all those social media set things. And how much of her self-esteem is so deeply embedded in little thumbs up and like little things from people she's never met and probably will never meet. Yes. I can't, I can't, can't, can't stress enough. Your worth is not equivalent to how many likes or favorites you get. It's not. And I'm guilty of this too, like for past moments, you know? When Gretchen and I posted our engagement photo from Disney World, we were looking at the numbers go up because our notifications were blowing up. It's like, oh, that's so nice. That's so great. It's addicting though. And if you go make a post or something like that, it doesn't get as many likes. You're defeated. You're deflated. Self-worth is not meant for that. Your self-worth is not meant to be tied to something like that. Not to mention, I can't imagine being a teenager or going into junior high and having to be dependent on Instagram and TikTok to show how cool you are. Because that is a thing. If you're in junior high or high school, how many followers you have definitely adds to your status. Your garbage status that high school teaches us is very important. Quotes from Sean Morgan. They want to turn innocent children, little babies, into a product they can sell and market and make money off of. Influencers. Boy, yeah, that's true. That in itself should make people abandon these platforms in disgust. Ugh. It's damaging. And people are being made a profit off of, including bands and artists, too. Musicians. I've told Gretchen this many times. She agrees with me. She's in the same boat. We would get rid of Facebook if I could, but I have to keep my account so I can have the rocked Facebook page. I post on Facebook maybe once every few months, like the engagement photo I shared out from Gretchen's post. And even then, I don't want to go on it. Twitter's a cesspool. Everyone knows that. Instagram's been taken over by influencers. TikTok is still entertaining. It still has a purity to it because it is so self-created and made. And you can find your own niche to have a pure TikTok if you want. But there's also a bad side of TikTok too. Hi. Years ago, when Corey, I was talking to Corey Taylor about this, he wanted to write a book about how bad social media was because he admitted he was addicted to it too. And he's been like away from this stuff for quite a while. If I'm correct, he gave his accounts to like the login and stuff to somebody else. So if he ever wants to post something, he has to ask them to post it. And him doing that made it like just cut off Twitter and Instagram real quick. It's like, that's really smart. So it's kind of true. And like when bands like use that vanity, I know <laughs> bad, terrible example. I know Ronnie Radke from Falling Universe loves it when he gets all the likes and gets all those comments, those tags. That is a huge deal for the man. He is the king of self-googling and self-hashtag searching to see how well he's trending and see how many comments and likes he gets in a day or when something's posted. Ugh, it shouldn't be about that. Ugh. It is, though. It is right now, anyway. <sighs> Moving on a little bit before we start wrapping things up a little bit now. Billboard Mainstream Top 3 of the Week. Every week I try to go through the top three songs on Billboard's mainstream rock charts that are either blessing or plaguing the airwaves. 
Coming in at number three, down from number one, is Back from the Dead by Hailstorm. Made it to number one, though, so I'm happy about that. Also very interested in what that new album's going to have in 2022 from Hailstorm. Very excited about that to hear it. Also, Lizzie Hale did a duet with Amy Lee performing Linkin Park's Heavy. I have not heard it yet, and I really want to hear it. So, coming in at number two on Billboard's Mainstream Hot Rock chart this past week, Papa Roach with Kill the Noise. I say this as a positive, it is definitely better than that song Swerve. It's another Papa Roach song for sure, but it's still better. And number one, which I am very shocked it reached number one. I know they have become more of the Billboard mainstream darlings. And I'm not a fan of the song, though. Alone Again by Asking Alexandria, the first single off their latest album. I was not expecting that. This new album is way better than the previous one, for sure, but it's still more of the same. And this song is more of the same. It's more sad boy, woe is me, asking Alexandria. To some of the same guitar riffs, too. So. Boy. Interesting, though. I predict a lot of other fast changes because the top 10 of Billboard's mainstream rock charts are actually fluctuating quite a bit, which is nice. That's good. So, but yeah, I was not expecting Alone Again to reach number one. That was surprising to me. But FM Radio, Sirius XM, they love them some bands like this that have the same set sound, same material, same like thing you can rely on with the name, and it's a name that already is established. Hit that play button. Sirius XM loves Asking Alexandria. Oh my goodness, they love them. So, yeah, I get, I get it. I was just not expecting it. That's a better way to say it. Moving on. As I mentioned earlier, I am deep, deep in the editing process of the Regretting the Past. First one since the Lunar Member of last year. This one will be on Kid Rock's Cocky. Thank you all for your patience on waiting on this. I'm hoping to have it up on Patreon tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Uh, there's still quite a bit of the nitty-gritty stuff to edit all the pop-ups and everything. But I'm getting there. I've made a lot of good progress. I, today was almost all editing to the point where my eyes started hurting. I had to put on my screen glasses, things like that. Kid Rock's a problem, isn't he? When you have to do a deep dive on how problematic the person is and how not only of much of a bigot he is, but how much of a history he has with that, and then people are still shocked when he says the stuff, it makes you wonder how is he still successful with tours. And he is. I mentioned near the end of the Regretting the Past video, he's a failed politician, a failing restaurateur, and he said he's still trying to bring back new music, though. He still wants to go on that big, massive tour in 2022. And, yeah, we're going to probably get it. It's going to be a big album for what he's saying, too. Then again, he says a lot of stuff you shouldn't listen to. Even this year. And I'll go on that regretting the past, too, unfortunately. So, for everyone listening, I want to make this point now, before you see the regretting the past video. My little sneak peek. Kid Rock is the greatest used car salesman in rock. What I mean by that is a dirty used car salesman that will sell you a jalopy car telling you it's exactly what you need. Right cheap price, not overpriced, gets you exactly where you want to go, all you need, and it's cool. 
in reality, it's exactly not what you need. It's hollow. It doesn't wrong. It does not last long. Doesn't make you satisfied to be driving it. And he did it with you. He did it for years. Years. Still kind of is. <sighs> Someone in the chat. Kid Rock will sell you a Ford Pinto. Yes, he would. And he'll tell you how cool it is, too. Is this album have as offensive a material in it as, oh, stuff like Devil Without a Cause? Yes. I learned that the hard way. Man, oh man, reading through some of the lyrics on one of the songs, I was pretty upset and I had to do the thing again where I don't actually play the song in the background for that track. I just play a different song. I don't want that on my channel. Uh-uh. I'm having to censor out lyrics when I post them on screen. Yeah. <sighs> it's worth pointing out, though. I want to praise the good. I want to praise the great. And to do that, sometimes you have to acknowledge what's bad. And I know people think I was always regretting the canceling, regretting the past. That's not it. The reason why I slow down to regretting the past is because the list videos and other compilation videos do way, way better than regretting the past. And they also take much less time, energy, and efforts than making a regretting the past video. On top of that, no matter what um, rules I apply to qualify for regretting the past video, people don't understand that. And they just recommend the weirdest stuff. So. <sighs> yeah. Kid Rock, I say this also in the video. This is not going to spoil too much. No matter what I say about Kid Rock, it doesn't matter because he's cocky. Just like the album title. So. Doesn't really matter what I say about him because he has a diehard audience. And if he does come back next year with a new album and that big, huge tour he's promising, you're going to see those Confederate flag-waving fans all rocking out to ball with the ball like it's 1998. Yep. Rock music's wild, everybody. Wild. That being said, I want to remind everyone listening to this right now, we have Rock Coliseum next week. I am very excited for that. You're going to be seeing me spamming that out a lot because I'm going to try to get more of an audience for this next Rock Coliseum next Wednesday, November 17th, 8 p.m. Eastern on the main Rock channel on YouTube. We love doing it, John, Mark, Crash, and myself. I want to see how many people we can get for this big one, especially after regretting the past. So we have eight days until then. I'm excited. I hope you all can be there. On top of that, I will be doing another video, list video after that by the end of the month. We had a lot of fun on Riffage, which will be great. To It was great to have Dom and Nej on there. The replay video is still on Twitch if you want to see it. I downloaded it. I might try to put it on the podcast channel if it, do, if it goes through the many, many, many copyrights I probably will have. We'll see when I get there, though. That being said, thank you for tuning in to a pretty rough podcast episode. And it's unfortunate we have to address all this, but I wanted to make sure I had the information right. And I did not want to, like, just spread rumors. I wanted to go with the information we had. So. <sighs> yeah. It's rough. Gretchen, would, when she's on the podcast every now and then, she would have words of wisdom. My word of wisdom would be watch out for each other. Whether you're a fan in the crowd, everyone's spreading the word. If someone falls down, you pick them back up. If you're in the pit or in the crowd... If you're a musician, you have the you have the eagle eye. You can help out too. Look out for each other. Because man, 
it's not going to get easier if we don't. So we just found that out the hard way. If you're on Twitch right now, please stay tuned. I'm going to send a raid over. Please stay tuned. It helps out my channel a ton. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you again. We will see you next week. Also on YouTube, the same thing. Thank you, guys. Just get ready for regretting the past. I should have it up on Patreon tomorrow, tomorrow night. Thank you, guys.